Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right. Here it is. The PNPR Avalanche Podcast brought to you by our great friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host today, Jessica Antonio, alongside my very good friend, AJ Hayley. Uh, AJ, I haven't spoken to you on one of these in a while. How the hell are you doing? I mean, I know how you're doing because we talked before we first started. But for formality purposes, how are you doing? Dope. Perfect. Love to hear. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm good, man. It's a uh, beautiful day out today. Is it? It is. It's very nice out. I was out this morning, but uh, you know how things can change in Colorado. <laughs> oh, it was nice this morning. Is it snowing now? Exactly. Like, it's like. <laughs> Is it the apocalypse? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, AJ, the Avs obviously wrapped up their uh, first round series with the Nashville Predators two nights ago now. Um, we had the post-game show right after game four uh, where, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't on it, but you guys did talk about the series and obviously the game. Uh, we're going to get just, we're going to get back into the series a little bit. You put out a great piece uh, this morning, kind of doing a deep dive. Uh, on how that series went, uh, where the abs really excelled, where Nashville struggled. Uh, one area where the abs do still need a little bit of work. Um, so we're going to get into that, but we all are also going to touch on uh, the other series. This has been a crazy uh, first round of the playoffs, kind of in a way like I've never seen before. Crazy in a way that you expected, but also how we've gotten to this point. I didn't expect at all. Um, and that is pretty much universal around the league. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to that uh, here a little bit later in the show. But as always, we will start with the news of the day. And uh, it really just kind of dropped. And it is not abs related. Uh, off day for the abs. They will be back at practice tomorrow. We will be there. Uh, so we'll have all the updates for you guys. Uh, well, I guess Jared Bednar did talk this morning on Altitude Sports Radio. Really kind of everything sounds the same. Darcy Kemper continues to get better. They're hoping the swelling is down enough by tomorrow. Um, but league-wide news, Darnell Nurse suspended one game uh, for headbutting Philip Deneau. Uh, my first question to you is, did you see the clip? And yep. my second question is, what do you think of the suspension? I, I can't let guys headbutt other guys. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. Like, I... Kind of blown away, man, that there were people who were like, eh, headbutting is just one of those things that, you know, that the league doesn't have to deal with very often, so it doesn't know what to do and blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, he got one game. And 
that's where uh, that that's where I'm. I'd be willing to bet you that they factored in where they are in the series because if it was game one of the series, yeah, I feel like they could have gotten they could have given him two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because they were like, oh, it's in you know the Oilers are facing elimination. We don't want to take Darnell Nurse away. <laughs> like I. I don't know. I'm I'm just really cynical about how they police this shit during the postseason now. And especially well, after the cadre stuff last year, I'm always gonna be a little touchy about it. It's it's just a little weird because you know, I feel like we've heard you know, kind of what you are um you know what 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 you're kind of outlining. It is weird how the NHL does kind of arbitrarily decide you know, and I mean, I guess, I guess there is some legitimacy to it, right? Where it's, well, this normally would have been a two game suspension, but instead it's one playoff game. Well, you know, something like this could have been two or three, but it's an elimination game. So it's like, sure. They mean more. Absolutely. But it is just weird how they've kind of come up with that. And then again, to your point, you think about the cadre stuff and it's like, well, that was a lot of playoff games. <laughs> so yeah, you're so talking it, about he got you know, suspended. It, it essentially, says that the cadre hit was. Yeah, I mean, he, eight well, games. The, 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 it sends a message of that could have been a twenty game. Yeah, right. So and and like I, the one thing about with cadre too is that like yeah, it was a it's a bad hit. It was a suspendable hit, but again, he was playing hockey. Right. You know, like Darnell Nurse isn't that he's not making any attempt at a hockey play when he just headbutts a dude because he's mad. And I think right. those are the things that you have to police harder than the things that happen when guys are trying to make hockey plays and they make split second decisions. Like, oh, I'm angry and I can't control myself. So I'm going to just headbutt a dude. What the fuck? What are we talking about here? Right. The, the cadre one. I mean, it's both guys moving at a really high rate of speed. Um, again, I'm not I'm not going to relitigate the cadre thing, but to your point, you can at least make the argument, whether you want to hear it or not, you can make the argument that cadre is trying to make a hockey play. <clears throat> the the play from Darnell Nurse, uh, I for me the the best word for it is reckless at best. Yeah. Even if you say that the headbutt wasn't the intention, it's like, well, holy shit. That's uh, some pretty loosey goosey, uh, you know, tying up in front of the net. But what do I know? Yeah, and I, I just don't like. There's like, there's like your hockey toughness, <laughs> and then there's headbutting dudes. <laughs> you know, like being tough, AJ. Yeah, it's it really like it really strikes you as like really like some coward shit to headbutt mm-hmm. a guy like that, for sure. And I, I don't know, man, I just, that to me, I'm like, this is, this is an outrage. Like this is, this is a thing that you should be really, really upset about to, you know, I say like, this is an outrage, but it's, it's like, this is the, he's, within he the got, context of, yeah, he earned a suspension easily. So, yeah. Uh, well, the Department of Player Safety also took a look at Zach Cassian uh, from last night. He was fined $5,000. Uh, for cross-checking, uh, I believe it was Jersey uh, from the LA Kings. So 
Edmonton loses that game in overtime and uh, loses Darnell Nurse for game six. And uh, Zach Cassian got in some trouble as well. We will circle back to Edmonton, LA. But first, AJ, uh, you dropped a great piece this morning on the DNBR.com doing kind of a, a deep dive statistically and analytically into the Avs Preds series. Uh, so let's touch on that just a little bit. Obviously, the Avs sweep Nashville. Uh, most of the games were in pretty convincing fashion. Uh, first team in NHL history, I believe it was in NHL history, to score 20-plus goals and put more than 175 shots in a four-game series. Uh, Jared Bednard's uh, word to describe the first round was consistent. What is your word? Uh, I think that's fair. I agree. I, I thought that was a great word for it. Dominant, I think, also works. Um, but consistent, I think, describes that entire series from game to game. Yeah, I I mean, consistent. I mean, you look how they played. Like at no point um, in in Nashville's best shot in the series, they broke even. Yeah. Like in Game Four after the game, there I saw both their fan base and their their players and coach were like, oh, you know, we played so much better in game four. You know, if only we'd been able to play like that all series. And it was like, you still like, like <laughs> the abs- multiple goals. <laughs> oh, and like the abs were, the abs were like, like a hair better. And so what you mean to tell me is that your best shot in the playoffs was to break even. Right. In terms of chances. So, I mean, from Colorado's standpoint, you really don't – there's almost nothing to take from that series where you say, you know, where you say, oh, we've got to do this better, we've got to do that better. Their their power play rolled along at just under 50%. Their penalty kill uh, statistically could have been better, but you remember that, you know, they, they score a power play goal in game one. That matters not at all. Yeah. And then uh, don't score on a five-on-three in game two at the start of the third period. A full, what, minute 58 second five-on-three? I think it was 152. Um, r- r- right in that, like right in that range, yeah. Might as and, well have been a full two-minute. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And then they get two They get two in game three that you just survive because you score four of your own. Like, your your biggest bugaboo during the regular season was your penalty kill. And your penalty kill was fine. Like you game three, they give up two goals. And that's really the only game where you're like, hey, this is a problem. But they got they had two power plays in game four. And both of their power plays came when the game was still in question. And they got zero shots. Zero. On two power plays. And keep in mind, Nashville's power play was, they went into the first round this year, uh, Nashville and Colorado as the sixth and seventh best power plays. So it's not like this was like the 23rd placed unit or whatever that just couldn't get it going. This was a really good regular season Nashville Predator power play that was like the Avs PK swallowed it up, like took care of business. Well, and, and, you know, you talk about that in game four, they had the two power plays where they didn't get shots on either. And this wasn't like the abs were collapsing back, you know, 
eating pucks, blocking shots, and right. you know, just trying to keep things at the perimeter. It was a lot of disrupting zone entries, disrupting passes, winning races to the to loose pucks, winning board battles, getting pucks high and off the glass. Um, those those two penalty kills in particular that you're talking about there, um, I thought were were um, s- specifically impressive uh, from the Abs. The one area, you know, to be to be fair. Um, that based on kind of the deep dive that you did, and this has been an issue for them all season. So you, this is something that I would personally like to see them put a little bit of focus on here over the next few days when you've got some time off. Um, they did still struggle in front of their own net. Struggle is kind of a loosely used term because I don't know if you looked at anything that the Habs did in round one and say it was a struggle. Yeah. Um, but if there's an area, if you're looking for them to get better, uh, I, in my opinion, that's been it all season, and that kind of held true again in, in round one. Well, and you do keep in mind that high danger chances, uh, the Avs got the run of high danger chances in the series, so they were okay there. Um, but those are also the chances that teams are selling out to create. Like, those are the ones that they want the most. Mm-hmm. So I think you're always going to be you're always going to give some of those up um what i liked about colorado in the series is i never felt like there was a single game where it was a really big problem over the course of the series when you go back and you look at the numbers they kind of accumulate it not in such a way that you're like oh my god but like (laughs) enough where you're like that was the only really statistical area the avalanche did not dominate yeah and some of that is because of the way that the abs play offense some of that is because in game one they did whatever the hell they wanted to (laughs) so uh they basically had a game where they did not create very much of those because they didn't have to right um but no it was an area where you can look at it and say defensively and and like the way that the abs are built defensively they're not really big they're not really physical they're not really mean um they they're effective in all areas of the ice you look at their suppression you look at the way that they move pucks you know every defenseman scored a point in that series so you look at you you look at the fact that they all contributed a little bit of offense they all contributed defensively uh they all had their moments good and bad like Mm -hmm. they're Except I, I would say Makar may not have had too many bad moments. Yeah. Um, Taves too. I mean, Taves, very, very, very few mistakes in the series. But really, like they def- defensively, they were just, they were, they were so like, that's, we were excited to see what that unit could do at full strength. And it's early returns were, well, they took, one of the best top lines in the NHL and made it irrelevant. Uh, broke it in half so badly that by game four, they weren't even playing together anymore. Right. Um, I mean, really, they they broke that lineup after the second game. Yeah. And it never got back together. And then they were just rotating guys in and out trying to find solutions where Yakov Trenin ended up as their, as one of their most productive players. Like, well, yeah and those uh he he loved sell he, he, i was thinking of rudo every time yakov trenin would score i was like 
man, this guy's been getting his ass kicked all over the series for however many games. And this dude's jumping into the glass, dropping to one knee. It's like Ruda must be loving celebrating these goals after getting your ass kicked. Yeah, every time every time Yakov Trenin did anything, Cole Hamilton texted me because uh, back in BSN's infancy, uh, Yakov Trenin's draft year, Cole loved Yakov Trenin. Really? I, like, I think this guy's <laughs> gonna be good, man. I think he's gonna be a player, and he's he was right. Like, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, he was. It was a good pull, and he was a he was a mid round pick, and Trenin's been a good player. But like, if he's your most productive player in an offensive series. Uh, offensively in a series you probably didn't win that series yeah you're probably in trouble um yeah you're at home (laughs) uh we'll we'll kind of wrap the abs up here but i do just want to touch a little bit on uh what they did on the other side of the ice because i think you're right defensively they really kind of locked this series down (laughs) they made philip forsberg as close to irrelevant uh as, as you can for a 40 goal scorer um but the eye test said Wow, it seems like every time Nashville carries the puck into the zone, it's at most a one-and-done chance going the other way. And every time the abs carry the puck into the zone, it seems like they get three, four, five good looks at the net before the puck is going back the other way. Uh, and then you go and take a look at the analytical data from this series, and it pretty much backs up that same uh, thought process. Look, it's it's hard to overstate. The abs just kind of dominated from from – start to finish all 200 feet of the ice. What stood out to you the most about um, their offensive play in the first round? Uh, I think it was, I think it was just that all of the lineup got involved. Um, I I put in there at the end of my P the 16 abs had a point. Yeah. 12, 12 abs had multiple points in the series. Um, There were only three guys that played in the, the only three skaters who got into games that didn't score a point for Colorado and Darren Helm, Logan O'Connor and Nicholas Abe Kubel. And, and O'Connor actually had an assist that was then taken, was taken away. away. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at, at bare minimum on that play, at least he was involved enough that it looked like maybe he had a, had a part in that goal, but um, well, yeah, that's not to say that those guys didn't contribute because no, you no, look at it and like Darren Helm, Darren Helm and Logan O'Connor, Colorado's fourth line was very good in the series. Oh, I, dude, I thought they were fantastic. They, they were, were very fantastic. good in the series and uh, they they really only had a couple of mistakes. The Nico Sturm mistake on the clearing of the wall um, on the, the first goal for Nashville in game three was really their big whoopsie as a line. But they also were the one that created the game-winning goal in overtime in game two. So Andrew Cogliano scored a shorthanded goal in game one. Like, right? Yeah, no. It, it uh, Darren Helm was one guy for me that I think was kind of like one of my biggest surprises for this round. I think those were his four best games he's played all season. Yeah, uh, it took all year for you to be like, "Why did the Avs sign this guy?" But as soon right, as the right. started. Like they were really good. Like that fourth line, it it did not have a good game for. Um, as was mentioned in the comments, it got beat up a little bit. But uh, the rest of the series, it was quality. Yeah, and I think and- that uh, that's what makes this lineup so scary is that you do have, uh, you know, Andre Burakovsky, a super quiet series. I think he'd been fine, and then he has a three point game four. Right. 
Right. You know, Arturi Lekkinen gives you two goals in two different games. You get Val Nachushkin uh, giving you giving you two goals in your in the series, and and then you get production out of all of your big guns. Miko ranted and doesn't score a goal, but gives you five assists. Right, right. Play above a point per game. Yep. Yeah, and Miko ranted and I think you you have a little bit of concern because he didn't score a goal, and uh, those five assists. He didn't score any points in games two or four. And you're used to the top line being a little more productive than that. Right. Um, I will be curious to see if the three-headed monster stays together. Uh, I think Alex Newhook, since Chad is talking about this, I think Alex Newhook is... I understood why where where they were coming from against Nashville. I think if they play against St. Louis, I think you'll see Newhook replace Ave Coupel mm-hmm. because it'll be a little bit more of a running gun type of series, and you want that just that little extra skill there. Yeah. Whereas and, and- with Nashville, Ave Coupel brought that physical element that kind of matched up what they wanted to do. And he played well. Like that was that was the one thing that you know going going through Twitter over the last you know eight days. Uh, you know, I saw so many people just dogging uh, the coaching staff for sitting Alex Newhook. And look, I, I'm a big fan of Alex Newhook's game. I think he's got a ton of skill. I, I feel um, like you and I would not have done it, but. You right. can see where they're coming from. I, I can see where they're coming from. And then by the time you got to game three, you know, you're sitting there and it's like, look, I at this point, I get it. This lineup is playing really well. You're getting the types of contributions from those guys that he would kind of be in the mix with that you want. And the other thing that I do think is important to keep in mind, and, and I, I loved how Jerry Bednar put this, it is not just purely who are the 12 best skaters? Yeah. It's who are the three right skaters for the composition of this line? Who are the three right skaters for this line? Yes. It, you know, and if you're just picking sticks at, at your local rink, you're taking Alex new hooks before JT Comfort, before Ave Kubel, before Helm, before O'Connor. Sure. Absolutely. But for the role that they were looking for Alex Newhook to fill, they felt that Abe Kubel just gave them a little bit more of what they needed. Um, I get it why people wanted him, but it also made a ton of sense once you kind of got into the series and see how the lineup was rolling. Uh, AJ, before we kind of wrap up the conversation on the Avs series, anything else from you? Round one, Avs 4-0 over uh, Nashville? Yeah, I mean, I wrote a whole section comparing Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi just because the Norris trophy and the, the great debate. And uh, I called it the fall of the Roman empire. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, but I really did. It really did feel like the the passing of a torch from one generation of great defensemen who led his team on deep runs. Like let's remember Roman Yossi was a part of some pretty good Preds teams for a few yeah. years there. Um, and it, it, it just sort of felt like a symbolic passing of the torch of like, all right, Kel McCarr just absolutely shredded Nashville. Uh, and he's set an NHL record and scoring 10 points in four games, which no defenseman had ever done in the playoffs before. So pretty good start. Um, 
probably sets unrealistic expectations for round two. Because if he goes in and has like one point in two games, we're all going to be like, what's wrong with Kyle McCarr? So, uh, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> that, uh, yeah, and and that's that I thought was just sort of an interesting comparison that Roman Yossi just got the shit kicked out of him in that series. Like there's – Roman Yossi didn't have as much – obviously doesn't have anywhere near the amount of help. But individually uh, – Analytically, you want to go and look at it. You, I put, even put their head-to-head numbers. And yeah. Makar bested Yossi head-to-head in every single game. It was close in most of the games. Uh, it was closer than you would have thought, except for game two where it was just a, a trouncing. But Well, dude, it's funny because you put it in that uh, in, in your piece, and I, I said it to two or three people this weekend. Look, it's a regular season award. I get it. But if you are someone that had Yossi number one for Norris and Kale number two, like you watch that head to head matchup and we're just like, oops. You and, know, and I think, I think you on, put it it's well. a regular season award, but those right. people are not looking forward to the day the ballots get released. I, I was going to say, and you pointed that out in your, in your piece, like it's a regular season award for sure, but there are a bunch of people like, damn, not looking forward to defending this. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought the game winning goal in game in, in game four was just kind of the ultimate bow on that. Kale McCarr snaps that pass cross crease. And before Yossi even processes that that puck's coming in his vicinity or Val Nachushkin, his man had slid out and was now wide open for a one timer. Uh, the puck was in and out of the back of the net. Well, and, and wild what, feed. From what McCarr. creates that? is the goal that he scores in game one where he makes the exact same move where he shakes a guy at the blue line and then cuts down and a little different because the defender hadn't lost his stick this time, but the defense all collapsed on him to prevent him from scoring the goal that he scored in game one. And when they did that, when that defense moves, when they, everybody moves that way to cover him, it creates the passing lane to Val Nachushkin that he just hits. He yeah. makes a picture perfect pass. Puck is flat. It's on the ice. It's in there. I just huge credit to Val too, not only for the play to get open, but that is a a hot pass to handle. And I mean, he hammered it. Yeah, I mean, you got to be clean. able to finish that. You've got to. There's no cleaner of a look that you're going to get in a game. He's got to be able to finish that one, and yeah. he did. And so you're just like, perf. Let's get out of yeah. here. Fuck Nashville. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get out of this segment. Uh, DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you guys by our good friends over at Drafting Sportsbook. Also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. The hometown craft beer of your Colorado Avalanche is celebrating the historic winning season with the people who have supported this community through such a challenging year by gifting abs tickets to a pair of community stars. Uh, to each home game during the playoffs, even the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, Breckenridge Brewery is inviting you to nominate a stellar community member and Avs fan who should get the chance to celebrate at a playoff game this season. Each home game, we will uh, Breckenridge Brewery will hook up a fan and a friend with tickets, gear to match, and of course, the drink of the season, the Avalanche Ale. Breckenridge Brewery will also donate a portion of all proceeds of sales of the Avalanche Ale 
through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder for Boulder County to benefit fire marshal victims. Visit breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an abs playoff game. Again, breckbrew.com nominate a, a local community star, big abs fan, get them to an abs playoff game. This postseason. Also brought to you guys by Ivaca TV. Look, the rest of the playoffs, the rest of the way are nationally televised, but start gearing up already for Ivaca TV uh, for next season with Ivaca TV. Uh, obviously, if you haven't been able to watch the Nuggets, Avs, Rapids, now you can get all of the Colorado teams you love with Ivaca. Uh, it's a totally new way to approach TV programming. Uh, it's less expensive. It's easy to watch. And it offers a superior picture. I used to work in telecom in this space. It is that industry's dirty little secret that stuff that you get without the traditional coax cable hookup is like three times cleaner picture. Uh, so Ivaca is not lying. Get a get a, a TV stream box from Ivaca, and you get the best picture, and you get networks like Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, plus tons of other national channels. They are growing and constantly adding to their lineup. But most importantly, above all, they have Altitude Sports. Head on over to evaca.tv slash DNVR. Use the promo code DNVR. You'll get $10 off your first three months. So that's only $15 per month for the first three months plus a receiver. Uh, no contracts, no hidden fees. That is evaca, E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash dnvr jesse montano aj hayfley this is the dnvr avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook taking a look at where we sit currently in the first round uh the abs made quick work of the preds uh i think honestly <laughs> handling them a, a little bit better than even i expected i expected uh nashville to be able to grind out a win or two but um it was funny man by the end of game four not even by the end of game four you could tell that Nashville had completely taken the physicality element of their game out of it because they were like, we, we just can't keep marching to the box. We're getting our heads kicked in, putting them on the power play. So it was funny to see that type of counter from the abs. It wasn't even like a, they had to play the physical way. They just, Nashville they did, tried to, you go well, in they like, did, but like they're, they're like fourth in hits or something like they oh, ended yeah. up, they like they matched that physicality with no issue. It was fine, but it, they didn't need just, to like make that what their game was about. Yeah, it just I thought it was funny that it was just totally irrelevant. Like that was like the one thing that Nashville was like, we're gonna hang our hat on that. And right, Colorado was like, we don't even like hats. And <laughs> well, well you, and, you and I were laughing at that one like Twitter or uh, <laughs> like Nashville Twitter thread where it's like, yeah, obviously it's easy to laugh at some of these takes. Now the series is over. Yeah, and like you're 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 you understand where an eighth seed is like trying to talk themselves right. into like hey, we can totally hang. But it was just funny because the basis for every argument was well we're physical. Yeah. Well, we Nashville's, play Nashville plays physical. Yeah. Colorado's um, just a bunch of softies. Right. Okay. Uh, that so far is the only series that's done. Pittsburgh has a chance to wrap theirs up tonight at home. Surprised uh, at how that's gone. Just how how that series has played out. Not necessarily that it's where it is. Um. Well, honestly, man, I, I've been surprised with the way that every series. Has 
Fair enough. It's been it's been like a lot of blowouts, and then a couple yeah. of close games. You're just like, why yeah. am I watching the Dallas Calgary series? Right, right. Well, and, and and I think you know we talked about it in our series previews. I don't think you either you or I uh, was very high. Let's let's start out east and let's let's go and just jump right into this Pittsburgh New York series. Um, Pittsburgh's up three to one. Kind of. I think it's been a little bit more, I don't know if dominant is the right word from Pittsburgh, but they have just had much more of a stranglehold on this series than I thought. I don't think either you or I were very high on the Rangers coming in. I said they were the worst team of the playoff yeah. teams yeah. and then <laughs> win the series because of Igor Shesterkin, who has been terrible after game one. He has not been good. Right. And you always do wonder like when is the goaltender going to hit the wall, right? Like when does his play dip just enough and it happening in the middle of the series. There you go. And you really, you really do look at them and you're like, what's, what's really the difference between Nashville and the Rangers. You got, you got a couple of great players at the top of the roster, one really good defenseman. And then it's just a whole bunch of blah, except Shesterkin. I would and say like right now, I, I you can make the argument that Connor Ingram has been better, was better against Colorado than Shosterkin has been in that series outside of the third, the three overtime game. Right. I, I, I would maybe make the argument that New York's high end is a little bit higher, but you're hundred percent right. 17 goals against for Igor Shosterkin in the last two games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, it does have a little bit of the feel of 2014 round one for the abs where Semyon Varlamov just ran out of gas and you could just see it in his body language. He was slow to get up. You know, he, he just looked tired and, and you know, Shesterkin's a young guy early in his career, but I mean, the, the, the dude played an unbelievable amount of games this year, stood on his head for most of them. Um, again, kind of like that 13, 14 abs, they were outshot in a lot of games and he had to win them. Um, and, and it just looks like his tank might be on E and that's yeah exactly and what we've said about the Rangers all year. Once this guy runs out of steam, this team is fucked. Once, once he can no longer paper over all the problems that they have, right. it will be done for the Rangers. <laughs> and it, they, on the other side of it though, like. Sydney Crosby, like reminding everybody, do you guys remember that I'm Sydney fucking Crosby? Like I'm the Dude, man. He, he every now and then will do something like, "Hey, I'm still in the conversation for best player in the world." Don't forget. Yeah. Where it's like it's 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 almost like we got like Crosby fatigue, and we were so excited to move on to the next generation, and then Crosby will have a series like this where he's just like, "Move on from me, you right. dare." You want to move I on thought, from this? I thought no. McKinnon's uh, Sportsnet interview was great. He goes, yeah, when Sid retires, he'll still be better than me. <laughs> and and it's like, you know, I, you get he's being tongue in cheek, but like, I think you make a great point, man. I think with, with so many great players in the league now, you know, we just spent how much time talking about Kale McCarr. Yeah. It is easy to forget that, I mean, Sidney Crosby is still – you know, among the elite of the elite 
Yeah, you look at I mean, what he's won in his career, and you're just like, mm, so everything. Right. And then he is sixth all time in playoff scoring, and his next point will will tie him with Yarmir Yager. Crazy dude! Like he won't catch Messier and Gretzky, but you do wonder. He's 33 points behind Yari Curry for third all time. You wonder if there's enough in the tank to get there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean. <laughs> It's the same thing at the beginning of the series. I, I'm not picking against Sidney Crosby. And yeah, you know, great point here in the in the comments. Evgeny Malkin too has has had a good series. And this is where at this point in the series, down three to one. Uh let's see. Tonight's game should be back in New York, right? Yeah. Should be. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe the home crowd gives the Rangers a little bit of a boost, but this is where you've got to be nervous if you're the Rangers the penguins have been in this situation a ton of times where you've got to get the fourth win to move on. Um, guys like Crosby, guys like Malkin, guys like Latang, um, they're, they're going to know how to get the team going um, to try to close this one out. And as they're waiting for Tristan Jari, uh, I'm sure they'd love to have this series wrapped up, get a couple days, uh, hopefully be able to start next series with Jari. Casey DeSmith has been fine. Um, Louis Deming was okay for a game. Um, well, like DeSmith is done, right? And there it's yeah, then they're they're Louis Deming is their ride or die until Jari's ready. Yeah. And so, okay, if he's gonna be back by game six, like that's great. Like they that's the other thing with the Rangers. You guys couldn't you could you're not gonna win a series when you had Igor Shesterkin against Louis Deming. Right, right. Yeah, you yeah, you don't deserve to win that series. You don't deserve to come back. So it's going to be interesting. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have this one on the big screen tonight. Um, also, because what we were talking about earlier in our call, hopefully some of these series start wrapping up so we can uh, get some of our production done. It's so funny because we were like, we want the abs to finish so we can have a few days off. And now we're like, we want all the other series to finish so we can go back to work. <laughs> we all got two days off and we're so bored. Um, so that's, it's been an interesting one. That one has definitely, uh, gone a little bit different. Uh, I was surprised that that was the only other series besides the abs. That wasn't two to two after four games. Uh, let's shoot I, to the series. The only thing that surprised me was how it happened with it. Shesterkin <laughs> completely going to pieces, falling apart. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the series that we all said. Actually, we'll save that one. Uh, the other one that I think we all kind of looked at as like, blech. Uh, Carolina, Boston. Um, again, weird how we've gotten to where we're at. Yeah, with the uh, the goaltender in Carolina, in Carolina, uh, where you know, dude, Anti Ranta gets run over, and then you get the Coochie experience, and then Ranta's back, and like, you know, it, it, it's. It's been that series is like classic Boston, like, yeah, like hard to put away. Experienced team, comfortable in bad situations. Um, total heel turns left, like, constant heel turns from Brad Marchand, you know. Uh, but then Carolina, like, I you watched that game last night, and I really just did not. I, I didn't think either team looked all that good to me. 
No, and and part of the reason why I've I've really had that one as like a I, I've watched almost every game or at least parts of every game, but it's really been a secondary series for me is because exactly what you just said. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I've watched this Boston series 15 times. Yeah. I've seen this happen already. Yeah. Like, like, I, I don't yeah. need to rewatch this. This has gone just the exact way <laughs> I've, I've seen every other Boston Bruins series go for the last seven years. And with Carolina, like uh, Carolina, I'm both super impressed every time I watch them because they're so good at so many things. And I'm also underwhelmed because I'm just like, where's that next gear? Right. Where's that? Like, How do they take the step? Where's that like F you gear where they just, when, when they want it. And maybe this is a thing that I'm looking for because I see it in the abs as often as I do. Right. Uh, where when they, when they just, when they play at their absolute best, when they max out, the abs are awesome. Like you watch them and you're like, this is a freaking all-star team. This is so impressive when they max out and they, they go crazy. Right. But with Carolina, when they max out, I'm still just like, they're very, very good. Yeah. And I don't, I guess they don't look unbeatable. They don't. And what it's, it's their, it's their depth that makes them, I think who they are. And it's Colorado's high end that makes Colorado who they are. Mm-hmm. And each team has been trying to min-max though its way towards the other being a strength as well. Right. As as the Avs have desperately been trying to get deeper, and Carolina's just like, please, Andre Svechnikov, <laughs> please take that next step to greatness. Well, it's like it's Carolina. Carolina. And, and and there's obviously exceptions to this, but like Carolina has an entire roster of like second line guys. Who are you looking like, at? You're wow, like, those are really all good. second line guys. Yeah, that guy's really good. Yep, that guy. Oh, hey, that guy. Wow, man, that guy's on their third line. That guy's really good. But as it sits right now, the Abs have like five elite first line players. Then they maybe have the two best defensemen in the NHL this year, or at least two of the top five. And their depth kind of falls into a similar mold that Carolina's does where it's like, once you get past a certain point, yeah, a lot of these guys probably play up a unit. Um, Both are great. Both are really tough to play against, but I think it's series like this where Carolina struggles to separate and actually close out um, because they don't have, you know, even like a posture knock. Uh, yeah. I think, I think they don't have, and this is more of a thing in the NBA than any of the other sports, but I think it does show up here. They don't have that alpha personality. They don't have that like straight up stone cold killer that you're like, this guy is going to go out and just, end this series for them they they do it like they kill by committee right like they're pack hunters and it's it's phenomenal formula for the regular season but in the playoffs when teams it's it's all about taking things away it's you need you need sebastian ajo to stop being pretty good and to just fucking kill a team to just erase 
the perfection line. Like you just need him to win that battle. You know, you need, you're looking at you. It's like, okay, if it's not going to be Aho, is it Svechnikov? Is it Trocek? Is it Tara Vinen? Is it Nita Ryder? Like they've got so many guys that are like, that guy's good. That guy's really good. But when you need, when you're in overtime, are you really, is, is it really going to be like, all right, Jordan Martinook is going to get us out of this one again. <laughs> you know, right. like it, well, that- you want to you put, you want to shorten your bench a little and you want to put out your star guys and have them go and do it for you. Because who, we're talking about, oh, we've seen this from Boston. Who gets it done for Boston all the time? Top guys. It's, it's always Bertrand, the top guys. It's Marshan, it's Pasternak. If it's and, not and one of those guys, it's been a weird day in Boston. We talked about it earlier. The Avs got <clears throat> contributions, contributions, excuse me, from 16 skaters. But who is it that scores the game-winning goal in game four? Who is it that scores the overtime goal you know, in, in game two, who is it that gets things going in game three? It's the big, it was the big guns at every turn and then at every turn. And then the, the depth filled in around the fringes. Yeah, I mean, um, McKinnon has a three point game. Uh, McCarr has, has multiple three point games. Gabe Landeskog has a four point game when the other guys weren't having three point games, Right, like their star players just played, played, played hot potato with Nashville yeah. season. And that's where the, that's where you're just like with Colorado, you can see it. Like those are the guys, those are the guys that you say, all right, those guys have to get it done for us. And with Carolina, you know, with, with Boston, you've got those guys, but do you have enough help on your lineup? They're defensive defensively. They're just not quite as, as good as they've been in recent years. And in goal, like, Olmark and Swayman got them through a regular season. They were solid. They're yeah. not great. Uh, yeah. And I think that you're looking and you're just like, all right, well, they just don't have, they don't have that star guy in net to really help them separate. They've, and and that's why, I, that's why I think, I mean, I put Carolina in the series, but I, I, I don't think Boston gets out of the second round, even if they do move on. Right. So, um, that's been a fascinating series just, just because of that. Let's move on here. Uh, quickly, we'll speed up these last uh, handful here. Uh, Florida, Washington. This has been my biggest surprise of the first round so far. Easily series tied at two games apiece as it heads back to South Florida tonight for game five. About um, uh, two inches away from it being three to one Washington on that empty net. Yep. Yep. And, uh, Look, Washington's offense has showed up and Sergey Bobrovsky has struggled. Uh, is this series surprised as much as it has me? Yes and no. Like, yes, because I, I didn't put too, too much consideration into the Caps walking into this. Uh, and I've always kind of been iffy on playoff experience. But that's where I think this series is, is, is why it's 2-2. Because on paper, this isn't all that close. Defensively, offensively, in net, Florida's just better. But the uh, there are only three games tonight because Colorado finished their series, LOL. Uh, but Florida, with Florida, I just think that playoff experience, they just they got punched in the mouth and they looked shell-shocked at times. And they dr- they've been drifting through games and they're, they're trying to figure out, okay, can we can we consistently get away with the shit we got away with in the regular season 
where we didn't play a very good two periods and we were down three to one. And, but in the third period, we would just max it out and we would go tie the game and then go win in an overtime or whatever. And they're having a hard time with that. Like they, again, we're an inch away from this being three to one. Yeah, because with a chance to close it out. Yeah, right. And because they missed that empty because of a missed empty net. And had they had they hit that empty net, it's three one. And you're looking at it. You're looking at Florida like, whoops, can can you recover? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they they score that one goal. They get the they get the goal. But that's where that's where it's been. You know, Washington has played well. But they've been opportunistic, and their goalies, I think, have survived. They've been good. Yeah. yeah but I, I just uh, Florida. I uh, look. I made a. I did a bracket challenge with everybody else. I didn't have Florida going beyond the second round yeah. because I don't. Uh, I believe them in, in this series, but I, I don't believe in them for the reasons that we're seeing. I don't believe in them long term because I just. They just play in such a way that. Like they're they're unbelievably talented and on their A game, holy shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. But I I worry still about them defensively a little bit. I just I think they're a little too many of their defensemen are one dimensional, and um, I just don't really. They've they've surprised me with how they've taken punches in the postseason. They look a little shell shocked. So, yeah. Washington's goaltending, like you said, has has held up better than I thought it would. Uh, that's another one I will make sure I am tuning into tonight. Uh, last one from the East, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Um, again, I don't think anyone is surprised this series is sitting at three to two, but um, I was surprised that it took till game five for us to get a competitive game. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on this series? Um, have you kind of felt the same way that I just explained? <laughs> Maple, Maple Leafs trying to make me look like a genius because I picked them in six and I was the only one. So <laughs> on our on our panel, yeah, our yeah, 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 yeah. Not no, the um, only world, just the only one. On I'm the only one. Yeah, yeah. the only she, believer in them. And I said last night after they got down two nothing, I said this is what they have to do to kill their to slay their demon. They have yeah. to they have to figure out how to come back in a game um, instead of just be like, well, we got down and now we've lost. Right. Right, which is honestly kind of what it looked like happened to each team in the first five games. Um, I honestly don't even know how much I have to say about this series just because every game has been so wildly unpredictable. Um, there haven't really been any like consistent trends. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like guys trade bad, like the goalies have traded bad games. Seriously. Um, it's kind of like, okay, well. Dude, I mean, Jack, Jack Campbell looks like he should have been in the Vesna conversation all along one night and then, you know, drops has six dropped on him the next. Yeah. It's been, Just, it's been hard to watch at times. And the series has been disappointing because of that, because they've right. traded bad games. Uh, and yeah. you, you go in and you're like, Oh my God, those are two really good hockey teams. I'm so excited to see what happens. Right. Um, no, I, I still believe in Toronto and I've been a vocal detractor of Tampa Bay's this year. So We'll see, though. You know, they've got that NHL record 17 wins in a row coming off of a loss. Yeah. Um, I, so I'd like to see that one get to seven games either way, just 
for fun. <laughs> like for selfish reasons. Like games right, like, right. always like you're never gonna you're never gonna find me saying a game seven is bad, even if it's Dallas Calgary. Well, and, and just because that series has been it has been, it's been disappointing. I, I thought yeah. that was gonna be this like heavyweight, great game after great game, and and it's honestly become a game on most nights up until last night that you can kind of lose interest in halfway through. Yeah. I, uh, I've made a habit of being like, Oh, that game's okay. Well, what's going on in the NBA tonight? Yeah. 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 Um, well, speaking of what's going on in the NBA, you can head on over to our great partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they win. Uh, looking to turn a small bet into a big game payday during the NBA playoffs with uh, DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total number of threes made, total number of rebounds and more and boom you have a shot at a bigger payout right now all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet uh back up to 25 dollars if one leg doesn't hit download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code dnvr dnvr bet just five dollars on any nba team to win their game and get 150 dollars in free bets if they do uh that's promo code dnvr only at DraftKings sportsbook uh, must be 21 or older Colorado only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to make sure that we remind you guys about, uh, our great partners over at ripple ripple, uh, a fast acting dissolvable clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy uh, ripple starts absorbing within 10 minutes. So you can depend on a consistent experience every single time with ripple dissolvables. You can make anything an edible flavorless dissolvable powder. Seriously. I have used this product before from light shade. Uh, it's People fantastic. Really like it. It, dude, it's it's fantastic. There, it's a teeny little bit of uh, powder. Seriously, no taste, nothing. Uh, you can drop it in just like a little glass of water. Drop it in a beer. Um, sprinkle it on your on your fries like it's salt. It's it's completely fa- flavorless, dissolvable. Uh, it is awesome. Ripple Quick Sticks are the most convenient way uh, to get the fastest THC. Just pour it on your tongue. Uh, Ripple products come in a, v- a variety of doses for whatever experience you're looking for. Uh, there's no sketchy science here. Ripple speed and absorption were studied by Colorado State University in a randomized placebo-controlled trial uh, with real people, and the results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. Like I said a minute ago, you can find Ripple at a light shade dispensary with 11 convenient locations in the Denver metro area. Uh, with the Barnum location now open one block off sixth Avenue and federal uh, biggest light shade store specialty products, not offered at locations. They are phenomenal podcast listeners get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR shop online at lightshade.com uh, or visit a light shade location near you. And again, you don't even have to place the order online to get that discount. Go in there, let them know, Hey, I'm a DNVR listener. They get the promo code for you. Uh, get all of that knocked out right there at the counter. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfleet. We're going to go through these Western series kind of quick because this is already a long one. Uh, appreciate you guys sticking with us. 
I just don't have nearly as much to say about them, to be honest with you. They haven't been very interesting. No. Um, Calgary, Dallas, man. Uh, it's look. still going on. Next. Um, here's the one question I'll ask you, and then we can move on. Does this say more about Dallas or Calgary? Dallas. Interesting. So you think Dallas has shown a little bit better than we thought, not the Flames struggling? Yeah, I think it's both teams want to play heavy hockey um, and rely on their stars to get them just enough to cross the finish line. Yeah. Um, Dallas has just shown that the, I, I think this ended up being a nightmare matchup for Calgary and I should have, I feel, I feel dumb for not having like <laughs> seeing it coming. Yeah. For at least not having seen it be more competitive because I knew Jake Ottinger was good. I've always been a Jake Ottinger guy. Um, but I, I feel, I feel dumb for just being, cause watching Dallas at the end of the year, they were so horrible. And that, that to really me is what that, it was. Like get into my brain and I, mean, I, they, were bad. I the, bad. they were, dude, they were brutal to watch. Brutal to watch. Um, and I, you know, I just, <laughs> sorry. Um, I just, the stars, I just, I think that they, they do such a good job of like, we, we are only playing our way. Yeah. And then they just hope for the best. Like that's literally their game plan is, Lock it all down. Try to make us a 30 shot game total, 15 each, and hope that one of our, like Joe Pavelski, does something sick. Right. right. That's it, man. Like, that's their game plan. So, uh, but you also have with Calgary, you have again, like, once for the second time now in just a couple of years, you have this exact group, this exact core has put ex- expectations on them again and that, that they're not living up to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a fascinating, like Dallas just is just going to do what they're going to do and be who they are. And they're saying, okay, if you can beat us doing this, then that's fine. Uh, I would love for them to get to the conference final and have them be the final boss for Colorado. I would love that. Yeah. Um uh, I think that would be a great series. Uh but I but but with Calgary I just are they ever going to figure this out? How much money is Johnny Gaudreau costing himself? It's weird to say after a 115 point season in the regular season, but how much how much money is he costing himself? Well, I mean, look, he he was a 99 point getter the year that they finished first in the West and got bumped by the Avs and he had 0 points in the first round. 115 points this year and uh, hasn't hasn't been good in the first round. That series is tied two to two. There is still time for them to uh, to pull it out. Um, on the other side of the Pacific, AJ, I told you guys on our draft pre- or excuse me, our, our playoff preview show, I said if Edmonton loses this series, I'm officially out on the Oilers forever. 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 This core, forever. forever. This core is done. I, I will never believe in them again. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are done. They're, you know, they're great regular season performers, but don't care. Um, There is still time for them to come back and rectify this. 
But they now trail the LA Kings three games to two with the series shifting back to LA. They are now down their number one defenseman who's whatever. Mike Smith has been atrocious. Uh, Connor McDavid up until last night had been okay. Um, well, then everybody jerked off McDavid and Dreisaitl because they had such an awesome third period and like, oh, they erased right. the two goal deficit. Wow, they they did they were so dominant in the third period, and it's like okay. Oh, and then there, and then there were three other periods, and Connor McDavid got burned. So I that game had the feel to me of when Edmonton tied it. I said the Oilers win this in in regulation, or LA wins it in overtime. And those first two shifts out there, you could tell. I was like. LA is going to win this right here. They were just, they had them. They looked like they had the mindset of look boys. We have a quarter of a tank left tonight. (laughs) Empty it all in the first 10 minutes and just try to get something by their goaltender. And let's get out of here with a win. Um, Connor McDavid gets caught on a long shift, gets burned by uh, Adrian Kempe. Uh, Duncan Keith, uh, the best benefit of the doubt I can give him is that he was assuming that, McDavid was going to make that pinch on the wall and he was going to pick the puck off in the middle and be the hero going the other way. Uh, instead, they both get burned. Uh, Kempe with a great move around Mike Smith, but beats, if you count Mike Smith's stick, three different Oilers to the front of the net. Uh, see you later. LA's up three to two. And uh, I mean, this, I, I don't know what else to say about, about, I, the one thing is, and we can, we will forever just disagree here. I think just just how it's working out. Um, I think Mike Smith's been like solid in the series. You know it, it, the shots, the shots against. You know he's made more than forty saves in each of the last three games. Darnell Nurse was suspended one game for the headbutt. Just so you know. Yeah. So he's made more than forty saves uh, in each of the last three games. The one game he got the shutout, he stopped 30. And so, like, his workload right now is crazy. It'd be because they're just so bad defensively. But I say this, and then you go and you watch some of the goals that get given up, and you're like. And that's that's my thing. Like, he has a a 930 save percentage in this postseason. And so when you look at that, you're like, what more do you want Mike Smith to be doing here? Right. But some of the, like last night, like that third goal, dude is just, that's a great goal by Adrian Kempe in overtime to beat him. Like, I'm not mad at Mike Smith for that. No, what the hell happens in front of him? But you do, you do look at the individual goals and you're like, some of these are bad, dude. Like you're just giving away goals here to a team that like, the Kings are not prolific offensively. They, right, right. they are not a team that should be scoring for a night. Well, and and that's and that is always been my thing with Mike Smith. And you are right. Like obviously, he is just the guy that I have that like I just have that mental block with. So I'm always going to portray it as worse than it actually is. But for me, it's the goals that he gives up. You know, I just I feel like he. He finds it for someone as big as he is, how often he finds himself out of position. Well, the way that he stops pucks, you're just like, this dude's 
there's no style here. He just flails it's, about. Right. It's just like high danger on every save. Make every, you know, get your heart rate going as high as you can on every stop. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it was I think it was LA's third goal last night, Kempe's first of the night. I mean, just he gets a clean look at a, a, a wrist shot that just beats him five hole. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. take any funny bounces. It's not a change up, nothing. It just, it just beats him to the ice. And it's that stuff where it's like, dude, come on. Yeah. Well, come and on. just given the conversation around the series, you would not know that Mike Smith has a 930 save percentage and that Jonathan quick has an 887. You just wouldn't know that Does because really? people are talking in the five games uh, of this series. Jonathan Quick, he put up a 923 in game one, and then an 833, a 765. Then he had a 31 save shutout. And last night, he gave up four goals on 28 shots for an 857. And you would never know it. You would never know it because people are like, it's 2014 Jonathan Quick. The Kings are so good. Oh my God, he's back. Oh my God, he's back. And you're like, he has an 887, and the only reason, like, the, like the only reason that this is relevant is because it's the Oilers. Right, right, right. And and the two games where he was good, uh, he was very good. Um, I, yeah, I cannot wait to see. Like, you see right. him make some, like, insane, like, you're like, what is happening on some of these saves? Right. And you watched the goals last night, and you're like, it's not like mm. he stood a chance on a couple of those. Like, come on, man, like. The power play opens up and Connor McDavid, like the, the one that the one that it killed me was when like four seconds into the power play, Connor McDavid like draws him out of the net and takes the puck around behind. And Jonathan Quick is like five feet outside of his net on his stomach without his stick. And you're just like, this should be a pretty easy <laughs> goal. And it was. Uh, <laughs> like the the rest of them, you're you're looking at it and you're just like, oh my God, dude, they're they hang him out to dry. Yeah. on a couple of occasions but Edmonton's defense is just worse somehow yeah. yeah it's just worse man I I yeah I'm just not I'm I don't believe in either one of these teams no matter how this series ends um I feel like whoever comes out of Calgary Dallas is just gonna be like well we're just gonna lock this down knock all this shit off and offensively out. yeah where yeah. you you do good enough job of beating yourself that we'll just let you yeah, we'll just let you. Um, all right, we got one more series to get to, and then we do have a super chat that we'll finish up with. Yeah, um, best series of the first round. Min- Minnesota St. Louis, this has been the most entertaining series uh, of the first round, and the Avs will get the winner of this series. Uh, it looked like Minnesota maybe had all the momentum going last night, and we're going to uh, seize a 3-2 to two series lead on home ice. But a couple of quick goals uh, from Vlad Tarasenko, and this one was all done. A third period hat trick. Yeah, dude, no kidding. Uh, started with Ville Husso. Jordan Bennington has played the last three games. St. Louis now with a three to two series lead and a chance uh, to close it out at home tomorrow. Kirill Kaprizov, seven goals. He is uh, almost, almost half of Minnesota's goals in the first round. Uh, just 15 goals total for the Wild. Seven of them coming off the stick of Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury has started every game so far for the Wild. Uh, the one surprise for me. We the one we, surprise, yeah. 
I agree. We talked uh, during the preview. We all said, all right, how many goalies are we going to see in the series? We all agreed it was going to be all four. Yeah. We're still waiting. Come on. You still have time, Big Dean. Play Camp <laughs> Talbot in the elimination game. Do you, do you think there's any chance they change it up now? No. I don't either. I, and I give them credit for, for rolling with it. That's I, I do give them credit because typically you see the tandem stuff go sideways when you start switching back and forth too much. Um, so oh, they're, they're, losing to a, they're losing to a team that tandemed it up. It's been a weird series. Man. It's been a weird series. Um, just kind of quickly, your, your thoughts on this one as a whole, AJ, I mean, you were rubbing your hands together. I think this has been a great series. Yeah, I think it's, they were, I think it was the best series coming in next mm-hmm. to Tampa Bay and Toronto. And well, it has been, it, the, the, the end results have been blowouts. Uh, not close on the scoreboard. Like the games, the, the actual inside the games have actually been pretty good at times. There's been a lot of swings within a game. Last night and, a good example. And I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't like the, mat, the the Minnesota matchup against Colorado as much as I do the St. Louis one. Like I really like the Blues mm-hmm. for Colorado. Um, and it's really weird to me that Minnesota just can't seem to break this weird hold that the Blues have on them. Right. Yeah. Um I, I think it's gonna I think it's just gonna come down to I think it's just gonna come down to which goaltender plays the best in the in at the end of the series. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, again, like you said, I, I'm with you. You know, you made this point earlier. I really try hard not to put too much weight into, um, you know, experience. Yeah. I think you. I think there's really good teams that do really good things all the time, but you do again just kind of set sit back and go as much of a fluke as that St. Louis Stanley cup kind of run was not necessarily a fluke for them, but just the way the playoffs shook out that year, you know, it's a one-off year, regardless, they still went through that. They still had to close out four series. Dude, you win a game seven in the Stanley cup final. Right. Like you, it doesn't get any more like big cojones moment than that. Right. And, and you do just wonder with Minnesota knowing how much uncertainty is ahead of them. Um, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, Kevin Fiala, obviously $16 million in dead cap in two years. Um, you do wonder if maybe yeah. they start gripping the sticks a little tighter. Yeah, you do um, want You've got to be feeling it because this could be like, is this their shot during Kirill Kaprizov's time in Minnesota? Just because of their cap issues, will always make it so that they have to, they have to get career years every single year out of guys like Ryan Hartman. Uh, right. Otherwise, otherwise they're not going to go anywhere. So they they're they're in kind of a strange spot organizationally for sure. We are like they've got to make this happen now, and, which is why and, they were and, the deadline. Right, and and you wonder if it if it has any effects. Um, definitely, definitely, we'll be tuning in for that one tomorrow again as the Abs get uh, the winner of that series. Uh, we will finish up with the super chat we've got here. Um, boom! There we go. Uh, Nate Smith, two dollars. Mm. Thank you so much. What uh, what sweep was the bigger beatdown, Blues or Preds? Um, 
I've got my answer. AJ, what do you think? Uh, well, none of the Blues games went into overtime. Ooh, okay. But I think it was Nashville because they're – I just you – had, you had multiple games that felt very over halfway in. Yep. Well, and, and dude, even that overtime game – they were it's they so thoroughly dominated all game long. <laughs> that game was maybe like one of the most dominant performances of the series, and it was the closest score. Um, yeah, like it was it was by far the most lopsided in terms of process. It was mm-hmm. just Connor Ingram's day, and like you weren't worried about the Predators beating you. You were worried about some goofy bounce beating you. Right. So I, but I, I really do. I, I what they did to Nashville, like. There were the scores got out of hand because of empty net goals at the end at the end against St. Louis last year, mm-hmm. but there were games that were like the, the games three and four especially like were tight. Those were like closer hockey games than yeah. the final scores indicated, and that wasn't the outside of outside of game four. That wasn't really the case in the first three games. Like Colorado could have easily just Brazil them. The- and- those games like i i agree to me it was nashville the the series felt over after game two um you know everyone kind of knew that was nashville's probably best effort and they didn't have it um this i i agree with you a lot of these games felt done halfway through and and so did the series so for me it was uh this year felt like the um the 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 bigger beatdown cool aj we've gone really long um Thank you for anyone that is still listening. Our, our our viewership looks like it's actually up a little bit from where it was earlier. So thank you guys for sticking with us. Uh, big shout out to Marissa for helping make sure that you guys can see us, hear us, all that good stuff. And uh, for sitting here listening to us for almost an hour and 20 minutes. You will talk uh, draft lotto probably tomorrow. Yes. Um, yep. And that, that kind of stuff. But with no Rudo today, um, I wasn't going to ask poor Jesse to sit through that. <laughs> no, and I just I know that Rudo likes doing that stuff yeah. anyway, so I'm glad we're gonna exactly. wait for him. Uh cool. Well, yeah, AJ, uh always great chat with you, man. Glad to be uh back in town so we can uh be be back on these having this conversation because uh, as we wind this first round down, it's only gonna get more fun. Uh for Marissa and AJ, I am Jesse Montano. This is the DNBR Avalanche Podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.